I'm Father Samuel Schneider. I'm grateful to be able to be here today. I'm the main celebrant, as you can tell. Uh, and uh, I know that Stephen and Patricia are very nervous to a certain degree for different reasons here. Uh, but I have to confess, I'm also really nervous too. Because I've got eight priests who are watching me and are going to be able to pick up everything. And I think I had too much coffee this morning. Um, but uh, grateful to be here. And I grew up with Stephen uh, since third grade. Um, and I know Stephen very well. I've only been able to uh, meet Patricia once um, and was a blessed meeting. Uh, but I didn't get to walk with you during marriage prep. And so, although I know of both of you and I know your relationship, I haven't quite been able to see exactly where your hearts are or have those conversations. But what I was grateful for, and I'm always grateful for, is having the couples choose the reading. And so the first reading, the psalm, the second reading, the gospel, um, and other parts of the liturgy, but specifically those, you know, there's a whole bunch of different options to be able to be chosen for those. And the ones that you chose speak to a great great, uh, degree about what you desire within marriage where your heart is with one another and with God. And one of the most beautiful things about this whole Mass is that um, although all of the flower girls and the dresses and all those other things are important aspects to be able to help us uh, to be able to be here in a festive joy, we also realize and see in all this preparation that the most important thing for the two of you is the prayer. And we see that in the different readings. In the Gospel today, uh, we hear from John. And I was grateful enough to use this for my diaconate ordination. Um, and is a very powerful reading that specifically speaks about, I think, vocation. This vocation that we're all called to in different degrees and different states of life. But that we see that we're called to a vocation of love. What is God's commandment? He says to abide in His love. To follow, to keep His commandments. And His commandments is to love one another as He has loved you. And so we do that no matter what state of life we're in. We live out that vocation of love, whether it's priests or religious life or married life. But we see, specifically you, the way that marriage is called to love one another. We see that you're called to love one another in a particular way within the sacrament of marriage that's most uh, lived out in the crucifix. Which beautifully today you've chosen to use a crucifix that you'll be holding when you make your vows. To remind yourselves, to hang up that cross and remind yourself of those vows that you make to love one another as Jesus has loved you. Now, it's important within this, sometimes within our vocation, within these different sacraments, we kind of feel as though we make the decision, right? You chose each other. But we see within vocation, there's more happening there than just our individual choice. There's more happening within the sacrament than just our choice in it. And we actually hear Jesus say this. You know, it's 
It's not you who chose me, but I who chose you. And although you had to do a lot of preparation in order to make it here today, right? Steve had to ask you out on a date, right? Uh, there were certain things that you had to participate in order to, to make it to this point. We also see that Jesus has chosen you, first of all, for this sacrament of marriage. That in the midst of those different difficulties of, this, of your vocation, that you can remind yourself, yes, I made certain choices to be here. I've made certain vows. But Jesus has also chosen it as well for me. And so in order to be able to you know, weather those different storms beautifully, what we need to do is instead of just you know, rely on ourselves more, that actually is a call to rely on God more. Which I think is this beautiful first reading that you chose from the book of Tobit. Now the book of Tobit, some people might not be as familiar with it. The book of Tobit is actually uh, taken out in uh, non-Catholic Bibles. Uh, but it's within Catholic Bibles. And if you've never read the book of Tobit, I very much encourage you, read it. It only takes about a half an hour, maybe if that. It's, it's a pretty short book. But it's this beautiful story of Tobit, whose son Tobias uh, goes on a journey and ends up meeting uh, Sarah, who ends up getting married. Now, the unfortunate thing about Sarah, even though that she's so beautiful, is that her previous seven suitors died the night of their wedding. And so uh, Tobiah uh, to, uh, is properly so a little bit scared, um, as well as Stephen should be properly scared, right? Not in the same way, uh, but properly nervous of entering into this, you know, not exactly knowing completely what you're getting into. And so in, instead of Tobiah, you know, setting himself up and preserving in his own strength, what does he do? He actually, in humility, says, sister, get up, let us pray and beg our Lord. And Stephen, you as the head of the household are called to continually call your sister, your wife, continually to get up, let us pray. Right? I know that both of you have individual prayer lives that you're committed to. But now you are entering into a union which requires you not to just individually pray, not just show up to Mass together, which is incredibly important, but also to get up, get on your knees, and to pray together. It's amazing how difficult this is, that even though you're able to be intimate in so many other ways, speak about so many different other things, um, and consummate your marriage, that one of the most difficult and intimate things that you will do is to be vulnerable and pray with each other. This intimacy of prayer, of being able to lay your heart out, the most intimate part of us that is with God, to share that with one another. And I think just like physical intimacy is ordered towards unity, and procreation, I believe that this intimacy of prayer is also ordered towards that unity, that sharing of your most intimate heart, and also of procreation, of evangelization, that that, that prayer that you share with each other does not just reside and keep you two bottled up 
and put away from the world, but instead actually gives you a unity to be able to go out and evangelize. And I know that both of you have a heart for evangelization, right? A heart to be able to speak to your friends about God, to be able to evangelize. And I encourage you, with the second reading, what I heard is he's, he's talking about individual people, but I just heard in the second reading your desire to evangelize. And I encourage you, both of you, again, are very good at evangelizing and talking about God and having those conversations individually with people. But I think what the world needs is not just as much as it needs individual missionaries, individually people who are able to show forth the work of God. We also need families who evangelize. Who, instead of seeing your evangelization as something that needs to split you apart, right? I need to go over there and talk with those people. I need to go over to talk with those people. Instead, see evangelization as something that you do together with your 20 kids, right? Or however many children that God blesses you with. That instead of the evangelization, instead of that desire to go out and share God with the world, splitting you apart, instead allow your unity in prayer in that desire to bring you together and actually to share that together. Now, that's going to be look different than what you've done in the past. But with prayer, with unity, with conversations, with, with continuing to ask God for that prudence and humility, I hope that you're able to find that beautiful balance right? of unity and evangelization, of being able to pray together and pray with others to be able to spend time in your family, which is incredibly important, and also to spend yourself laying your life down, laying your life down and loving your neighbor as well. Often I think about this uh, relationship, we, we hear in the second reading that offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And certainly within marriage, there will be many things that you will have to offer that sacrifice of out of love for each other and love of neighbor. And it can be likened in many ways, I think, of of laying down your life and kind of taking a bullet for the other one, right? And I like to say, you know, Steve, I think you would be willing to take a bullet, right? So What? So many bullets, okay. So you'd be, be willing to take so many bullets. But I think sometimes we kind of imagine marriage or these different things as kind of one time, right? You're laying down your life here, and then the rest of it just follows. But the second reading talks to us about rejoicing in hope, enduring in affliction, persevering in prayer. And I think that marriage is much less of just one bullet or multiple bullets that, Steve, you're willing to take, but more like 10,000 or 10 million little paper cuts that come over time, that wear down over time. It's not just one big bullet that, you know, all of a sudden that you have to lay down your life. But it's every single day in persevering, of being able to say, yeah, there's certain things about the other person that aren't perfect, as good as they are, right? Certain things that maybe get underneath your skin and are like paper cuts. But don't allow those paper cuts to be able to build up and be something that divides you. Instead, allow it to be like that bullet, right? That act of love, that act of perseverance, that act of laying down your life for the other. Because the battle isn't just one-on-one on one day, but it's one at every single day. 
every single hour, every single moment, every single second, when you are in constant prayer with God, desiring to abide with Him at all times, and especially in this sacrament of marriage, this sacrament of marriage that God has chosen you for, the sacrament of marriage that is not magic and is not individually placed, but is a sacrament where God gives you grace to abide with one another in God. And so we come here to this altar to remember that holy sacrifice that Jesus laid down His life for us so that, so that you might have this sacrament of marriage, so that you might have that grace to persevere through all the bullets and paper cuts, to persevere in that, in the evangelization and continued prayer. And so if you're ready to lay down your life, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, to persevere in prayer, and to join yourselves in this sacrament of holy matrimony, I invite you forward with the bridal party and all those here to witness those vows that you make before God and His church.